At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Nightcap here on Beeson alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Halftime at the Alamo Bowl. One of us is happy. One of us is, yeah, could be worse. You feel a lot better than you thought you were. That late touchdown was helpful. Yes. 30-3, Oklahoma leads. Sean laid it with Oklahoma, and that is feeling pretty good right now. I took the over, 60-and-a-half last night. Second half number is 27, which would land the game 60, which would make me throw this computer through that camera. So, Let's not have that happen. Let's get please, a lot of points. Please don't. Oregon, Joe Moorhead, I don't know. Maybe be creative. Just, I don't know. Do something. Score points. All right. Enough of that. Let's get into, I think, the most anticipated playoff game in quite some time. Georgia taking on Michigan. We've got a seven and a half point spread, a low total. And I got to imagine our next guest, John Jansen, former offensive lineman, national champion from Michigan, he is fired up to see this one, John, because not only is your alma mater in the college football playoff for the first time, but this is your type of game, man. This is strength on strength. This is Michigan saying, we want to punch you in the mouth, and Georgia saying, bring it on. That's what we do best. So who's going to come out on top just to start in the trenches? Because I think it, it really – am I simplifying this? Does it come down to the Michigan O-line versus that – vaunted D-line for Georgia? This is going to be a rock'em, sock'em, hit you in the mouth, who last man standing type of game. And I couldn't be more excited to watch this. And I think you mentioned the uh, the premier matchup, the one that everybody wants to see. And, and that's what makes me so excited about this game. It's Michigan's offensive line, the winner of the Joe Moore Award, going against the Outland Trophy winner and Jordan Davis. He's a mountain of a man. And then you've got the, the Butkus Award winner on defense as well. I mean, this the front seven of Georgia is it, it's a it's an awesome front seven. It's gonna if you're a football fan, I don't care if you are a Georgia fan, Michigan fan, uh, Alabama. I don't care who you are. They're fun to watch. As, as just somebody who likes to watch good football and to watch these two units get a chance in, in what to this point is going to be the biggest scene, the biggest show 
I can't wait for it to come. You know, John, I can't let you get away with this being all about the big guys, even though you guys do play an integral role. At some point, each team's quarterback is going to have to deliver. How do you feel about Michigan and that position going into the game? Do you think Harbaugh will continue to platoon, you know, both of the guys? Do you like that? Would you prefer he stick with one or the other? Well, uh, I see, Sean, I thought you were going to go with, with our Lou Groza award winner and start talking the kicking game. <laughs> quarterback and all. But uh, I do appreciate you going with your position, trying to bring the focus back to the pretty guys. As always. As always. And, and so I'll, I'll play the game. All right. I, it, Cade McNamara is in large – I don't want to say he's the only reason that that Michigan is here, but he's a large part of it because he's not flashy. He's not the nation's best quarterback. He doesn't have the best numbers, but what he does is he prepares at an all American level and his, the, the mental aspect of this game, his ability to process defenses, change protection, shift protection, and know, who's unblocked, when he has to get the ball off, what the coverages are, where the stress points are. He's done a great job of the mental side of things, and he's maximized every bit of of ability that he has because he just simply makes really good decisions. I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Cade McNamara. You will also see J.J. a little bit, but a lot like you've seen him over the past, I don't know, three or four weeks of the season where, you know, since that Michigan State game, you didn't really see him against Indiana, uh, you know, and against uh, Penn State. I don't know that we saw him at all in that game either, but you did see him again in Maryland. You did see him again against Ohio State, and he adds another wrinkle, another dimension. And if, if for nothing else of making Georgia prepare for a different style of quarterback, and they're spending time preparing for both quarterbacks and it's going to divide the forces. Now, does, how much does that play into it? I don't know. Cade is going to be the guy that that's out there when it matters the most, but you will see JJ McCarthy sprinkled in because he adds an extra element of being able to run the ball. Um, he's got a dynamic arm. I don't necessarily know that he's ready to make decisions at the, at the, uh, at the level that Cade is, but you're going to see him sprinkled in there. Talking once again to John Jansen. You can catch him in the mornings in Detroit, 97-1 the ticket. Also part of the Michigan broadcast team as a New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. It should be should be New Year's Day. New Year's Eve down in Miami, we get Michigan taking on Georgia. I, I know there's another side of the game where it's offense versus defense, Georgia versus Michigan, but I just can't take my eyes off of, of this fascinating situation. And and I go back to I think it was late September, maybe early October. And Michigan goes to Wisconsin. And, you know, John, it's not like they ran the ball all that well against Wisconsin, which is the best run defense in the country, but they figured out ways to be creative. Josh Gaddis dialed up some trick plays, if my memory serves me correct. So how creative, now that you've had, they've had, what, three, four weeks to prepare for this defense in Georgia, how creative do you expect Josh Gaddis and this offense to be going up against eight, I would say it's similar defense, uh, like what they saw uh, in Madison. 
Well, it, it is a very similar defense in that you got a big nose. Now, nobody's as big as Jordan Davis that Michigan has faced. But, um, you know, when you talk about that Wisconsin game, and yeah, it was hard to figure out how to run the football. And, and I was calling that game, and it was, it was frustrating to the point of almost painful to talk about it because it was two yards or it was one yard. Every once in a while, maybe they break a big one for four yards. And they still found a way to score 38 points in that game was the first time that you saw some added wrinkles to this offense, like the, uh, the flea flicker and, you know, just a, a few things like that, the ability to go deep, um, you know, in, in, in measured times, I think that that was the start of the evolution of this offense. We will see more wrinkles. Um, and, you know, we talked about Cade and JJ, they provide some of those wrinkles. And when you look at the wide receiving core for Michigan, there's not one guy that jumps out at you, but every game it's somebody different. And Jim Harbaugh told me this past summer that this is the deepest wide receiving core that they've had since he's been at Michigan. And as I look at it, I, I agree. Now there's not the top end talent and, and you don't have that one guy that's that's your go-to guy every single week that if you need a first down, you need a big play, you're going to them, but they've got five or six guys. And this is without Ronnie bell. Now that they can go to, if, if somebody's covering Roman Wilson, they got Cornelius Johnson. Uh, they've got Mike Sandra still, they've got different options and they've got the perfect system in place for Kate McNamara to be able to pick out, okay, who is it that's going to be open on this play? His, his ability to read things pre-snap and not necessarily predetermined, but when the ball is snapped and everything does change, he's got the ability to deliver the ball downfield uh, to a number of different guys. And, and then I think the Michigan State game, that loss, I don't think that you can underestimate the value of that loss for this team and, and for this year. They got into a shootout. And they knew that coming out of that game, one of the lessons that they learned is we're going to have to, if we're going to compete with Penn state, we're going to compete with Ohio state. We're going to have a shot at, at a big 10 championship or, you know, and at that time, a long shot at the playoffs, they knew, they knew that they needed an extra element. They needed an extra dimension to this offense. And they've really developed the, the, the downfield passing. This offense has more, 50-yard play than anybody else in the country. And I don't know that there's that many people that know that or understand that. Now, some of those are long runs uh, at the beginning of the year against inferior opponents. Some of them are long passes. There was a, uh, an 87-yard pass to Cornelius Johnson against Western Michigan. But throughout the course of this year, they have been the most explosive when you're talking about 50-plus plays than anybody else in the country. Awesome points, John. You got about two minutes left, and we do got to get your pick for the game. But the best receiver that this secondary has faced all year, they will see on Friday. And I know they played Ohio State, but George Pickens, the All-American wide receiver from Georgia, came back, played in the SC Championship, has had time to get back into shape. Is the secondary ready for that top-tier talent? I, I think they are. Um, and, and here's why, because they faced – you know, maybe not a guy like George Pickens, but they had three guys against Ohio State that they had to be aware of at every single moment. And they were able to keep them in front of them. Yeah, they, they allowed some big plays, but they didn't allow the game-breaking play. 
they're going to use a lot of those different things. And Ohio State with Jahan Dotson, not to the level of George Pickens, but they were able to pick and choose when they go man, when they go zone, changing things up. So it's not necessarily trying to change things up for George Pickens. And we talked about the quarterback situation for Michigan. It's changing things up for either Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels. They're really the ones with the, with the quarterback controversy. Who are they going to go with? And making sure that the defense, if, if George Pickens is going to be open or if he's going to have an explosive play, there are times, and Sean, you know this. Hey, John, not to a, cut you off, but we got about 10 seconds. Are you taking Michigan in the points, or are you going Wolverines on the money line? <laughs> oh, I'm going Wolverines on the money line. This one is straight up. <laughs> Go this Big Blue. Michigan <laughs> victory. I love it, man. Happy New Year to you, brother. There he is, John Jansen. All right, you guys, too. Take care. National champion from Michigan. We'll be back here on the other side. It's the nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Sign up for a PlayCard debit MasterCard and get paid faster than a paper check with a direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification. Cost, term and cost supply. Card issued by MetaBank NA. Member FDIC. I promise we will get some NFL in, but we just had John Jansen on. I love talking to John. John is so passionate about his alma mater, knows the game so well. Obviously, he played it at an incredibly high level, both in the NFL and won a national championship. There we go. First down, Oregon. 30-3. to Let's get a touchdown here, Ducks. Show some urgency. Let's, let's keep it rolling here. Um, but I, I do want to get your thoughts on this because, you know, I'm out tomorrow, and then the games will be going on. We'll be on the air Friday mm-hmm. as, uh, as this game is kind of wrapping up. Look, you know the way my mind works. Usually, I like taking dogs, especially, you know, trendy favorites. Um, there we go. Oregon into the end zone. What I like to see. But for this particular game, Sean, and I, I mentioned yesterday the BetMGM splits. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe this is a very trendy dog brewing there for Michigan. Because you look at what have they done lately. And I think it is Georgia. It might be the right side. Take over because I have to take a drink of water. Well, I, I'm going to stick with my initial opinion. You know, when this game first was announced, 
I thought Michigan was the most complete team in the country, meaning offense, defense, special teams, all playing at a high level. I was early saying I like Michigan money line, definitely like Michigan plus the seven and a half. But now it seems like everyone is kind of on that side. But I've learned this. I'm not going to change my opinion because everyone now agrees with me. So I'm going to stick to Michigan plus the points. And I don't think I'm a waiver on that. I'm going to stay right there. But I do agree with you that it does seem like the entire world now is on Michigan. Because I think back to the SEC championship where Georgia gets their doors blown off. How did that happen? They got lit up through the air. Bryce Young threw for over 400 yards. Cade McNamara, in my opinion, doesn't have the capabilities of doing that. Now, I'm not saying he stinks or he's a bad quarterback, but look at these numbers that we're showing on the screen right here. Hassan Haskins ran for over almost 1,300 yards this year, and Blake Corum, almost 1,000. 31 touchdowns on the ground between those two. It's strength on strength. Georgia is daring you. Come on, run it on us. And I know Alabama's run offense is not Michigan's. And as, as, uh, as John alluded to, I mean, Michigan was awarded the Joe Moore Award, which is the top offensive line in the country. But if Michigan thinks they're just going to roll their sleeves up and say, we're going to beat you up front with, you know, Jordan Davis there and Devontae Wyatt and, you know, all these studs, I think they got another thing coming. I think you have to look at the offensive production over the last three weeks by Michigan. 59 versus Maryland, 42 versus Ohio State, 42 versus Iowa. None of those are I none of those are Georgia I, Iowa defense. Is elite defensively no. from a turnover standpoint. No. But again, when you look at Georgia's schedule. They don't have Jordan Davis on I, there. When you look at Georgia's schedule, it was very offensively challenged. They did not play a lot of great offenses this season. When they finally ran into a great offense, they had success. I just truly throwing be- the ball, right? But they didn't have success running the ball. If Michigan thinks they can run the ball well, down Georgia's throat like they did against Ohio State, who we knew all year was vulnerable defensively, the reason Michigan or uh, Ohio State blew out Michigan State was they were able to get the ball out and throw. So and let, I just I, I, the way let, I look let, at Michigan is if they think and look. I, Josh Gaddis is far so, superiorly, you know, more bright than I am. But if they believe that they can have success running the ball, I think that's going to be so a long, Let long me make game. you the smartest guy in the room. Successful passing game is about hitting your shots and being efficient. It's not about total yards. It's not about attempts. And what Michigan has been really good at is being efficient. And when they do play action – when they do attempt double passes, whatever trick plays they've had, they've converted them. And from a defensive standpoint, once you show that you're capable of making plays down the field, which Michigan has shown, they're not ever going to be a 40-plus attempt passing game. That's just not Harbaugh's character. But as long as they hit their shots, like the defense can be great, you know, the first two series defending the run. And then all of a sudden you get a play action, boom, because those safeties – are too involved. Even if it's not a touchdown, it could be a 25-yard completion. It forces those safeties just to get a little more hesitant, a little more hesitant. But they're going to be committed to running the ball. They're going to rely on hitting their shots when they take them, and they're going to hope that that leads to the success that it has for them the last three weeks of the season. Now, whether they can do it or not, we won't know that until Friday afternoon. That's when we'll find out. And I also think a lot, you know, you look at the line right now, it's seven and a half. 
it is staying seven and a half. Has despite not moved. all of these reports out there from BetMGM and other places saying that money's piling in on Michigan, whether it be on the money line or on the spread, why isn't that line moving? Because a lot of this is reactionary. A lot of people as bettors react, react to what we saw last. And I think a lot of that is leading towards people laying the points with Alabama against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Because the last time we saw Alabama, they obliterated what was believed to be the best defense in the country. And I still think is the best defense in the country. And Michigan has looked spectacular. And I'm not taking anything away from them. And they're a really good football team. I just think, and I, I think this bowl struggles is starting to creep into people's mind. Like, oh, maybe the SEC wasn't that good. The SEC bottom half is always overrated. At the end of the day, Florida stunk at the end of the year. They were better early on in the year. Um, you know, Missouri was never good. Like, let's not pretend like Missouri is some great team. But I think that speaks to what I was saying about Georgia's schedule. And Michigan will be the and second they, best offense. And they destroyed everyone on that but schedule. But Michigan will be the second best offense that Georgia's going up against after Alabama. If you look at their schedule, just, just the truth. I think, uh, I think we're in, in lines here. Are you, you want to take a cigar bet here? Oh, absolutely. Do uh, I get the points? Yeah, you can get the points. Yeah, I take Michigan plus a seven and a half. All right. Hey, I need to create some separation anyway. Well, you have none right You're now. You're way we're, too close. We're even. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think this is getting towards the, the very trendy dog territory. And I agree, but I had this opinion before it was that. I, I, so now. Congratulations. But you I'm got saying, closing line value on a trendy dog. Right, but now I'm going to ride it out. I'm not going to let the public, you know, sway me. Well, I just think, all right, let me. Now, the, the line was off, but. Alabama, Michigan, on a neutral, was what? Georgia? Was it minus seven and a half? Uh, yeah. Alabama, Michigan, on a neutral, was minus six at the Georgia Dome. Now, Alabama, uh, Georgia, Michigan, is minus seven and a half. So you're telling me there's a point and a half difference between Michigan and Alabama? No, I'm telling you the line was wrong in the Georgia-Alabama game. Okay, Alabama and, won and it was. Yeah. So right now, Georgia's a two-and-a-half-point favorite here at Circa over Alabama in a hypothetical national championship. So you're saying it's a five-point difference. Maybe. That might be fair. I, I just think there's an overreaction to Georgia getting their doors blown off. And the reason that Jameson Williams doesn't play on Michigan. John Mechie doesn't play on Michigan. So to, to kind of— Bryce Young doesn't play on Michigan. Even out the conversation, if Michigan had drawn Alabama in the first round— I still would like Michigan Moneyline because I just think Michigan has the most complete team of the four remaining. That's just my opinion. Based on what I've seen this year, offense, defense, special teams, Michigan has the most complete team. Now, again, Cade McNamara is going to have to make some plays. He's not the best quarterback left in the college football playoff. No, he's the, uh, I no, wouldn't say he's the worst. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But as far as complete teams. But hey. you mentioned, but, but something that you mentioned to John Jansen, you're not bringing up here. George Pickens is back. back. You're right. Stetson Bennett is in a unique situation. Brock Bowers is arguably the best tight end in the country, and he's a freshman. Stetson Bennett is in a very, very unique situation. For the first time since he's become the quarterback at Georgia, I feel like he feels like he needs to prove himself. Yeah. And that's a very – there's a Having lot of play quarterback, right that's a very dangerous mindset mm-hmm. to have going into a game. Up until this point, 
all he's been, hey, make the right decision, don't turn the ball over. He's kind of stayed out of the spotlight. It's all been about that defense and Kirby and the job he's done, getting them back to this plat. Now all of a sudden, it should they change quarterbacks. Is Stetson Bennett the guy? You just watch him early in the game. Is he trying to do too much? Is he trying to go out of his way to make the spectacular play so people say, yes, he belongs? I don't know. We won't know until Friday. There is something to ponder. There is certainly heat in Athens and in the college football ether that JT Daniels should get some run. And what is that going to do to Stetson Bennett's head? We'll that find is out Friday. absolute fair criticism. I just think right now with the what have you done for me late me uh, thought process of Michigan playing its best football, Georgia getting uh, beat up in their last game. I think people are overlooking the fact that Georgia – up until the Alabama game, was averaging less than seven points allowed per game. And Michigan, when they played Wisconsin, they were fortunate on the turnover front. They really didn't. They had under 300 yards of offense in that game. Can't wait for that game, though. It's going to be a ton of fun. Georgia and Michigan, that is on Friday. Got some AFC North to talk about next right here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show, like John Jansen or Jeff Benson, or me screaming, Check out our VSIN schedule because we got free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts. You get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free, available now at vsin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your Podcast. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray. <laughs> I'm hoping, like last night, how nice was that last night? You had Minnesota. I had great. the under. We both win. It was great. It looks like that's going to happen tonight. I'm feeling much better. 37-11, to 11, Oklahoma leading with eight and a half minutes to go. Oklahoma scored on their first drive of the uh, second half. Oklahoma responded. Ooh, I think he fumbled. I, I think he fumbled. Travis Dye might have just fumbled. Was he down? I think I'm going to rule him down. Oh. Get on the ball. Tempo, Oregon. Hold Tempo. on. Let's go to a uh, review. I just need two touchdowns. Uh, right. I want the touchdown to be by Oklahoma. Hmm? Let's see here. Is that ball coming out? Oh, no, he's no. down. So, uh, we, will, uh, we will keep you updated. And... Uh, Anthony, there you go, Anthony Brown. What is Look at that. Five door. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's right. get some tempo here. All right. Let's, let's throw a little diversion into our Oklahoma, Oklahoma Oregon uh, viewing pleasure here. Yesterday we talked about it, and Aaron has uh, put together a graphic for us. He did. He did a good job. Thanks, Aaron. So the AFC North is is very interesting. And what I mentioned yesterday, just kind of in in brief discussion, was. If the odds play out, Cincinnati could actually win this division. Now we talked to Eric Eager about it, and you know Cleveland, Matt, you mean, right? What I say, Cincinnati. Sorry, yeah. Cleveland. I beg your pardon. Cleveland, who is at seven and eight, is actually a favorite in their next two games, 
And if everything plays out based on the odds, there we go. Look at that. This is why I took the over. Thank you. There we go. And now Bob Stoops is mad, and he'll run it up. And we could be to the over midway through this, through the third quarter here. Okay. AFC North. (laughs) Are you getting nervous now? Not at all. By the way, Gary Patterson tweeted, because Gary Patterson was the head coach of TCU, obviously forever, and they were down 31 to nothing in the Alamo Bowl however many years ago. And yeah, came I don't want to see that happen. That game. Yeah, I don't want to see that happen. Not happening. All right. Focus, Tim. Focus. Back to the AFC North. So, let's take a look at this. Cincinnati's got Kansas City at home this week. They're a five-point home dog. Mm-hmm. Then they go to Cleveland next week where they are a one-and-a-half-point underdog based at the look-ahead lines at Westgate Superbook. Baltimore this week. Los Angeles, home dog of three and a half, then six and a half point favorite against Pittsburgh at home. Pittsburgh, they're a dog in both of their final two games. Cleveland plus the three, and then Baltimore plus six and a half. And Pittsburgh sitting there, or sorry, Cleveland, as we mentioned, they're seven and eight, technically in last place right now, but minus the three, minus the one and a half. Who wins this division? I think a lot of it depends on what happens in Cincinnati, Kansas City. It, it really does. Um, so let's say I, I just think Cleveland's a dangerous place because of what they did to Cincinnati mm-hmm. the first time. Crushed them. I mean, they match up really well. That defense is confident against the Bengals' offense. So I think for Cincy, really, they're almost in a must-win versus the Chiefs. You know, you're getting Kansas City. They've they've won all these games. At some point, the Chiefs are going to drop a game. Um, Listen, they got to figure out a way to win this game. Kind of give themselves some breathing room. Because you just don't want to be, you don't want to lose this game to the Chiefs and have to go to Cleveland and face that rushing attack and that defense, you know, with your playoff hopes on the line. You know, if you can help it. That's the dog pound. That's a very high football IQ home crowd. They know when to get loud. They know why they're getting loud. You got Miles Garrett and that pass rush. that are They can dominate any game on any given day. So I think it starts with Cincy finding a way to beat Kansas City. So if Cincy beats Kansas City as a five-point underdog, then this pretty much conversation is Mute. is moot because they would get to 10-6. and six. Baltimore, in theory, could get to 10-7, and seven, but let me just take a look at the standings. And by the way, uh, Lamar Jackson came back to practice today. Yeah, didn't look great. Didn't, but didn't he's not, back. He's back. The only thing I know in this division that I can guarantee is – well, I take that back. I can't even guarantee that. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, one of those teams will win, but I forgot about the tie component. So here's the thing. If Cincinnati beats Kansas City, it's over. Right. Because Cincinnati's 4-1 and one in the division. The reason the Browns are interesting here is the Browns are the only loss that Cincinnati has in the division. Cincinnati has swept Baltimore and swept Pittsburgh. So they are 4-1 and one in the AFC North meaning they hold all tiebreakers against Pittsburgh or Baltimore. They beat Kansas City. There's no reason to have this conversation. So let's just look at that game. Can they beat Kansas City? Yeah, absolutely. Who's red hot right now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have balance on offense. Joe Mixon is tremendous running back. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, you know, and that crew at wide receiver. Yeah, they absolutely can. Will they? Don't know. <laughs> if Cincinnati 
doesn't end up winning this division. They're going to look back because they have some really, really bad losses. They yeah. lost to the Jets. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a bad loss. They lost to the Packers. Lost to the Bears. Because they couldn't make field goals. They lost to the Bears, you know. So they, they could easily be a, a, a sitting at 10, 11 wins. Yeah, I bet them against the Packers. That was an infuriating push. Uh, I think I had them plus the three. They Yeah, they had an easy chance to win that game, and they did not do it. So, yes, it's over if Cincinnati beats Kansas City. I think the way Kansas City's playing right now, hard to bet against them. But, you know, Cincinnati finds ways uh, so far this year at home. Oddly enough, they're 4-4, four and four, so it's not like they've been playing you know, out of their mind at home. But let's get to Cleveland because they are a favorite in their final two games. They are technically in last place. But do you look at this Cleveland team, what you saw from the Christmas night performance at, uh, at Green Bay, a 24-22 loss, do you believe that this Cleveland team can run the table, win on the road to Pittsburgh this weekend, and then close out the year with a home win against Cincinnati with a ton on the line? I mean, they can, but I don't think they will. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Pittsburgh plays a game of their life. You love Pittsburgh. No, I don't. You I'll, love Pittsburgh. They're playing Baker Mayfield. Can't quit Pittsburgh. Oh. There we go. There we go, Oklahoma. First play. This is So this is why last night I – Said the over. Mm -hmm. Because this is what I expected. A track meet in Oregon for some reason in the first half with the coach who is leaving to go to Akron. They haven't shown, they haven't actually shown Joe Moorhead. I don't think he's at the game. No, he's calling the plays. He's up in the press box. Oh, so he's He's not the interim head coach. He's the OC. Oh, okay, 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 okay. See, I thought he was the interim head coach. No, 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 no. He's just calling the plays. Oh, I was like, the head coach is in the press box? (laughs) No, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's strange. What about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh right now, by the way, if you just look at point differential, they're minus 70 this year. Uh, I don't know. I just think this is going to be one of those ugly games. Weather's probably going to be horrific. And you're going to look at Monday it. Monday night against it's Cleveland? Gonna, it's going to be like a, one of those 11-8 kind of games. We're trying to figure out how they even got, you know, to the final. Like, <laughs> I, I see that. All, I mean, because you don't really trust Baker, do you? No. But I, mean, I don't trust Ben. And you don't trust Ben either. You know, that's what I'm saying. Well, here's the, here's the fascinating thing, right, is if Cincinnati loses to Kansas City, Cleveland knows what's in front of them. If they win, if Cincinnati wins. So can we put the odds to win a division back up one time, please? Yeah, Cleveland's plus 500 right now at DraftKings. Because I want to know who you would take right now. I'm going to put your feet to the fire. And who would you take? The odds right now, Bengals are minus 225. Ravens are plus 600. You're getting 12 to 1 on the Steelers and plus 500 on the Browns. Where would you go right now? Is it your money or my money? It's your money. Mm. I would take a flyer on the Browns. Just a flyer. Mm. Like, we're, yeah, pizza money, having a little fun. I still think. I mean, I think the bet you have to. I still think I would go Ravens. Only, <sighs> only reason why Los Angeles going to Baltimore is going to be freezing. And I could very easily see them not showing up. And then the Ravens just have to beat Pittsburgh. And that's not like an insurmountable hurdle to end the year. And more than likely, KC is going to beat Cincinnati. So that last week, next week is going to matter. I'd probably take the plus 600, to be honest. Touchdown over. Give me, throw those hands. Throw those hands. There we go. Good for you. To the over. And think about it, 16-3, you're about to flip all the table over. I know, I would have. This I wasn't would've. so heavy. I would have he was tried. throwing a, fl- a fit like little Tim. 
Well, when you punt at the opponent's 41-yard line down 13. I mean, you were ready to fire the interim head coach. I, I was. I never seen that happen. I was. Get out of town. Help <laughs> Joe Moorhead to go to go to Akron early. I need to stop by Oklahoma, too. All right. There we go. Oklahoma just scored a touchdown. The over has hit. For me, hopefully for all of you as well, if you got it in late, you still will get there. Sean's feeling good. Oklahoma touchdown. It's the nightcap here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Save 50% off a VSN All Access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to our in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today and you'll also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24 7 video, and our College Bowl betting guide, which covers every bowl game, including playoff. New Year's six games, all of that, only 39 bucks. Head over to vcin.com slash subscribe. It is the nightcap here on vcin alongside Sean King. I am Tim Murray. The over has hit for some, not all, but uh, let's get another touchdown. Could be by Oklahoma. That's cool with me. I'm in the clubhouse last night, you know, as uh, we said on this show, 60 six and a half. right now would be great. Pick six would be great. Whatever Helps you feel better. You're still in great shape. What did you get? Six or seven? Seven. Seven. It's 44 to 18. Oklahoma leading Oregon. I like this trend. The Oregon scored every time they've had the ball so far in the second half. It would get a stop, Oklahoma. Travis Dye is fast. 44 to 18 right now. Final bowl game of the day. The favorites have been covering at a very interesting clip here. 12 of the last 15 games have been covered by the favorite, Sean. Uh-huh. In this bowl season, favorites are now 13-9 ATS, and that started with the first five bowl games going to dogs. So it's pretty interesting to see how the trends have shifted here. Uh, we have an over, so it'll be 14-9 to the over, but if the favorite... Holds on here, which we certainly hope is the case. It would be 14-9 for favorites, ATS, and 13 
of the last 16 bowl games would be covered by favorites. What are you rifling through over there? I'm trying to find the cigar bets. Oh, okay. I want to take Baltimore and you take Cleveland. No. No, and if one of them wins, then the other person loses. No. If neither one wins. Nope, 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 nope. nope. Why? Because I had no conviction whatsoever. No. No. Look, 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 look. I'm sorry. I have continued to ask you about Cincinnati, Alabama, and you refuse. So. Yeah, man. Now, you can't selectively cluck like a chicken over there. Why not? Because you're a fraud. Because I've asked continuously, as you have stated, Cincinnati money line, Cincinnati money line. I'm like, all right, make it a cigar bet, and you won't do it. Well, why would I? Yeah, I think Oregon just fumbled. Though. They're calling him down. Whatever. Good. Oh, so now you're not interested in the game. No, I, I want Oklahoma to score now. I'm good so, now. Oregon kept it. Oregon kept it interesting. You know, honestly, I just want another score so everyone hits the over. All numbers hit over. Uh, so everyone's happy out there. So Tommy Vidox on Twitter just tweeted us, enjoy the show while I drive for a living. Man, your guy was sweating that <laughs> over for no reason. <laughs> Look, it was 16-3. to 3. We get a late touchdown. The second half number was 27. So it Stop your whining. I mean, I was, I was frustrated. Because oh, we Oklahoma. got a fourth down. Can we get a stop? You know what? I punt here. Maybe they'll Oregon. punt it again. I mean, they should. It's the right thing to do. All right. Um, you got Jared Smith, our guy, coming up top of the hour. So Jay he will Smeezy. join. Jay Smeezy will join us uh, as he. Uh, well, I, I can't imagine he was going to join us as. Uh, you know, the new year rang in in New York City, so we we moved him up a couple days uh, because he usually joins us on Fridays at midnight Eastern. Well, I figured he'd be flying. Isn't he a big Notre Dame guy? No. Oh. Oh, my God. There's over for everybody. Are you kidding me, Oklahoma? Wide open. Where was this in the first half? Where is oh, the defense in Oklahoma? What's going on? Oh, God. I'm going to have to sweat the fourth quarter out. No, you're fine. You know, I'm going to have to sweat the fourth. It's all good, but I'm going to have to sweat the fourth quarter out. I mean, I have no idea what Oklahoma's doing on defense. They're not very good defensively. Uh, that's unbelievable. Man, now that Anthony Brown can actually uh, connect with uh, his receivers, man, you have if you played the second half over, you've already hit in this third quarter. The second half over was 27. It is now 44 to extra point good, 25. This 26. is what I was expecting for the entire game, and we got it here in the second half, 44 to 25. Uh, and now Oklahoma. I'm sure Bob Stoops will, will fire up the squad and get it rolling here. Um, all right, well, we have a little break here. Uh, let's take a look at some, uh, some wild card situations in the AFC. So division-wise, we just talked about the AFC North, and that's kind of up in the air. The Colts are a massive favorite to get a wild card at 9-6. and six. The Patriots, minus 400. And then it gets interesting, right? The Dolphins have a really challenging schedule, but as of right now, Sean, they are in the playoffs, and their odds to make the playoffs are 2-1. to one. But I don't see that happening because the Dolphins, they finish the season at Tennessee and then home to New England. They'll beat Tennessee. That's one of my better plays this yeah? week. It's Dolphins' money line. Okay. Yeah. I feel really strongly about that. When we do our bankrolls, that'll be a large part of the bankroll. Why? I just like 
the fact that they're playing an elite level on defense. I love the addition of Phillip Lindsey. And I think Jalen Waddle is quietly getting into the rookie of the year conversation. And then I believe in, in Brian Flores. Yeah, they've been, I mean, they playing a Tennessee team. They're 10 and 5 right now. Like, yeah, they pretty much got their division locked up. I would like Tennessee to win just so I can officially lock up my <laughs> that AFC South. You're going to go future. against my money line, Miami bet. I didn't know you were picking money line. I just told you. That. I bet I bet Tennessee you before did. you did. You so. did. You did. So I just but they finish up against Houston. I mean, we can we can work something out. Okay. But I prefer them to win and just get it locked up. But um so who do you think grabs that seventh playoff spot, that third and final? Uh, let's just start with this. Do you believe that the Colts and the Patriots are dancing? Yes, yes. I do believe that Indy and New England get in, yes. So we're down to one spot. Right. And Miami and the Chargers, I think, will de- decide who makes it. So Once again, Miami's remaining schedule, uh, they have a road game at the Titans this week where they are an underdog. Slight underdog, but they're an underdog. And then they finish against the Patriots. Right. A team that they already beat once, and now they're at home to try to close that out. Chargers have Broncos in L.A.? Uh, yes. Chargers have Broncos and then Raiders to close out. Okay. Depends on who's playing quarterback. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, I think Broncos have a strong chance to win. If not, then Chargers win easy. I'd take the Chargers over the Raiders. I think that's a bad match. But again, if, if the Raiders get Darren Waller back at any point, then, you know, they're a completely different team. So right now, the Chargers are a six-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Broncos. And then look-ahead line against the Raiders, they are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. So if they go 10-7... and seven, Then they're in. Then they're in. Well, no. No, if, Dolphins, if the right. Dolphins went out, then the Dolphins... Right, Dolphins control their own destiny. Correct. And that's amazing because they were one and seven at, at one point yeah. this year. After starting with a win over New England... They Is Brian Flores in the conversation now for Coach of the Year? If the Dolphins win these last two games and get into the playoffs at 10-7 and seven, after starting the year 1-7, and seven, how do you not give Brian Flores NFL Coach of the Year? But how – but the seven losses happen. It's 22-1 to one right now. But I understand that. I, I mean, is it not worth a play? I don't think so because the seven losses happened, and that was on his watch. It wasn't like he took over. This was a team that was preseason. They won 10 games last year, Sean. They are a preseason win total of nine. They had the same odds to win their division as the New England Patriots. So if they get so to the ten, s- so the seven losses have to matter. But so why? So let me ask you this: If their total was ten and they end up with ten, it doesn't matter when they got them. Well, there are other coaches who exceeded that. Bill Belichick will exceed their uh, expectations. There's no guarantee Matt they win Lafle- more than ten. Matt Lafleur could go fourteen and three. I won't argue back on Lafleur. Zach Taylor, you could go. Win that division with very low. Has the same has the same NFL team ever won NFL Coach of the Year and NFL MVP in the same year? Uh, I would imagine the year that the Patriots went undefeated, both won. Be interesting. Can we look that up? See if we can find that. And at some point, Lafleur deserves some credit. I mean, I've been giving him credit since the day he walked in there. Which, by the way, they weren't a playoff team the year prior. They've gone. 
13 and 3, 13 and 3, and now are trending towards 14 and 3. So in 07, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady won it. So yep. what are we in? We'll be in 22 here in a couple 21, of days. Yeah. So 15 years? Yeah. About that time. I think it is. It's the nightcap. Our guy Jared Smith will join us at the top of the hour. Talk all things NFL, college football. We'll do that next, right here on the nightcap. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.